turning it up we did have to do because we kept fucking the goddamn intro up. <laughs> Wait, that's not the first time. I think no, it's not the first time at all. I think our, our, think our fuck-up rate is like five. It's, it's, like you said, it's a good thing we don't do this live. And I said, well, maybe it would be good because then I realize how much the fuck-ups we really are. Yeah, but I... I, I uh, Reaper and Eddie are human? Holy hell. No. Yeah. Our greetings and welcome to Hellcast. I am Reaper. I am Eddie. No, I had some ass wipe. It was like some one of those like fucking football dads. I was like getting a sandwich or something, <laughs> and uh, I was just you know I was just standing there waiting in line. And the guy like cut me off, and he's like, "Sorry, buddy, dude, then get uh, behind me." That and just like I'm not like ten. Like what the fuck? Like go I'm fuck not your, yourself. I'm not your buddy. I'm guy. not your buddy. I'm not your, I'm not guy, your fucking buddy. son. Don't. And it's like it was just kind of a you know a very just. Uh, Frowning, condescending, like, I, yeah, fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of condescending. Like it wasn't said that way, but just I don't know. So, like, buddy, like really, like hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the world of music and I guess metal, because a lot of metal people like them, uh, has lost yet another person. Guitarist, keyboardist Alan Lanier of Blue Oyster Cult died on August fourteenth. He was. 67 and he had some weird thing but it's pretty much lung cancer so yeah it sucks yay smoking hard to believe <laughs> yeah there's a rock star that died of smoking yeah so well now we just sound very preachy fuck it smoke it i don't care <laughs> we'll be talking to uh, artist matt putrid later on in the show last time we remarked that we didn't entirely know what a hipster was well now we're going to here on facebook thank you for people that actually write rather than like you know when you ask a question you don't just click on like because it's like what the fuck is there to like about that good morning how are you doing today like really like i'm just gonna walk around in real life and talk like facebook terms like share <laughs> poke <laughs> yeah poke poke <laughs> hey buddy how you doing poke you know it's like so last time we commented on the show something about hipsters was brought up i think someone was saying what's all with these metal people and hipsters and we were like well uh, i don't know because i don't entirely know what a hipster is but i kind of do but maybe i don't amy explained it to us what the fuck is a hipster you ask dun, 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 roll the informative music Hipsters are a subculture of men and women, typically in their 20s and 30s, that value independent thinking, counterculture, progressive politics, and appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity, intelligence, and witty banter. I guess they like Hellcast. We're all witty here. The greatest concentrations of hipsters can be found living in the Williamsburg, Wicker Park, and Mission District's uh, Mission District neighborhoods of major cosmopolitan centers such as New York, Chicago, and San Francisco, respectively. I kind of figured. Although hipsterism is really a state of mind, it is also often intertwined with distinct fashion sensibilities. Hipsters reject the culturally ignorant attitudes of mainstream consumers and are often seen wearing vintage and thrift store-inspired fashions, tight-fitting jeans, old-school sneakers, and sometimes thick-rimmed glasses. 
Sometimes. Both. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, really? I see a lot of that. Dude, I'm almost borderline hipster. I don't wear skinny jeans, but uh, I don't well, think I can get my t-shirts. More on that store. later. Both hipster men and women sport similar androgynous hairstyles that include combination of messy shag cuts and asymmetric side-swept bangs. I thought that was emo. Uh, such styles are often associated with the work of creative stylists at urban salons and are usually too edgy for the culturally sheltered mainstream consumer. The effortless, cool, urban, bohemian look of a hipster is exemplified in urban outfitters and American apparel ads, which cater towards the hipster demographic. But that's that fucking like buying an ACDC shirt at Target, if you ask me. That's 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 despite misconceptions based on their aesthetic tastes, hipsters tend to be well-educated and often have liberal art degrees and degrees in math and sciences, which also require certain creative analytical thinking abilities. Whoever did this should put this on Wiki, man. And then Amy said, aren't you sorry you asked? (laughs) I was like, no, I'm actually quite informed. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that. Is that who wrote that, Amy? Yeah, I, I don't, Amy, thank you, Amy. Thank you for listening and for writing that very long uh, textbook style one. Because then Chris followed up and gave us the uh, street version. Obviously, the hipsters in America are more intelligent then. There are loads of them in France and the UK and probably other Western European countries. But they're all brain-dead, indoctrinated college students who think they're being original when they're just following a massive trend i agree and that was gonna be my point is like it it would imply like uh the hipster people be like well you know you like acdc man well dude i've been liking acdc back when bond scott was around i, I dude i have the demos before bond scott that was sounds even more like in you the band but i wouldn't say it like that no, no i would be like would? hey i have them like yeah oh you like acdc right. like oh man i got the demos like do you want them like well, that would be me were there i think by her definition saying that well you know like you know get on like a mighty horse but at the same time preach that they aren't that kind of person but yet are that kind of person now that we kind of sort of know what a hipster is or fully know i think it's really still open for interpretation but there are key signs to any trend and fuck it it'll pass to answer whoever i forgot who wrote that in initially in the last episode asking us so please address all these fucking hipsters and metal and stuff. It's like, all right, well, let's, we just address it. It's a fucking trend. It's just as trendy as the chugga-lugga, blah, 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 bullshit. And just like anything, if you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it. If it pisses you off, tune into Hellcast. Reaper and Eddie will, will do a what the fuck on it, rip tear it a new asshole. And all of a sudden, you'll feel like you're in a some sort of circle of acceptance and can relate to one another. Right. And now you feel good. Thank you, internet and technology. Where were you when I was in school? <laughs> Now, this really needs to be addressed. Is people, bands, and everyone, stop covering the same fucking bands, the same fucking songs. Shit has been covered too much. And for once, we actually got a little more of replies other than defining hipsters on Facebook. apparently that really sticks in people's craw, I guess. Right, and people obviously agreed about covers and stuff. But we weren't exactly looking specifically for the band that has... 
you know, to get a tally and statistic who is the most covered song or band of all time. But people did lend their opinions and stuff, and that's great. I definitely, definitely have always said that fucking Motorhead Ace of Spades. Uh, Stop covering that song. I know that maybe I won't get a lot of shit, even though I say I'm going to get a lot of shit, and I think I'm going to get a lot of shit and never get a lot of shit. (laughs) But maybe I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen back, and maybe you Take a lot of fiber. (laughs) Motorhead. Honestly, I'm not that big of a fan. I like them okay. I mean, yeah. But yeah, stop covering this. It's it's influential. My, the one I didn't see, I did see somebody wrote on the Facebook page. They said all Black Sabbath because Paranoid. But the first one they came right for me. Paranoid though. Well, that's I I don't Megadeth. Right, <laughs> but War Pigs, Sacred Reich. Who else? I've heard other bands do it. Really? Was everybody from like Sacred Reich to um, Faith No More did? Yeah, didn't they, they did. Ugh. Weren't they labeled metal at one point? I think so. Okay, maybe I heard Faith No More's version of it. I was like, all right, this has been done too much. That was one too many. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. Uh, the Sacred Reich one was pretty bad too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> things with outside your means, though, too. You know that that's one of the things about the covers too. Bands will do ones, and it's just like, dude, that was awful. Master doing um, uh, Children of the Grave by Black Sabbath and like playing it as a thrash song. I mean, I get, yeah, and that was one of the things, like, if you're going to do a cover, make it your own. So props to you for that, but that was just awful. <laughs> do you, I think it was on a soundtrack, um, Rob Zombie or White Zombie 1. There was some movie I think it was in. They did uh, Children of the Grave. Of the Grave. And oh, Nativity in Black. Maybe it was like in a movie. That's what it, was it, was like, like, it was a compilation of bands. It was on that, something like, where there was other songs on it. Yeah, and Bruce Dickinson was like with, I forget what, maybe it was just his solo band. I think but then he did Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Within the food chain of metal, there's always you're obviously going to have you know your bread that you need to have the most of or something you know your bands that everyone's going to I don't know trying to equate it to some sort of <laughs> I just gave Reaper look the bread that you need the most I don't know. I'm trying to like give it some sort of good equivalent but you know there's going to be your bands that everyone likes or knows or respects or all the above that are going to feel as like you know we're going to need to put a bonus track on this album because the record label wants you know, dude, Black Sabbath. We all like Black Sabbath. Let's cover Iron Man. Yeah, let's cover Iron Man. It's just kind of like, I understand that, but no. Because it's like, dude, it, it doesn't fit your style, maybe. It, we could just turn on the radio and hear it. Just don't. It's just unnecessary. Rick uh, the Sick said on uh, Facebook, in my country, it's Six Feet Under's TNT, and we have to play that. Everyone's got to hear Six Feet Under cover something by someone at any point in their life because it will definitely make It'll you make it laugh. Laugh and apparently, just... I found out last night they did like another record of covers that I don't know about. Oh, dude, they got like four, and I don't. I liked like Haunted and maybe that EP. I mean, pretty okay. It's not like a band I love, and I definitely think that they're awful now for sure. I get excited to hear that they're doing another cover album because it is just so fucking bad. Like we, I think we covered it on the one show um, that uh, we we brought up uh, Six Feet Under and covers and how they did that. AC, they did the whole Back in Black ACDC album, and it's just kind of like really, man. Like oh, like it's just so fucking funny. It's so goddamn awful, but I love it. I love awful shit like that, and it's brilliant. Chris Barnes, you have my approval. I want to buy it because I just want it because it's like it's one of those things you just got to play it for people. Like, dude, this is so fucking awful that it's it's good. It's great. <laughs> so here it is. 
Oh, I think this is live, but whatever. <laughs> this is already funny. Is this like fake live? I don't know if it sounds that way. Yeah, because that might have How didn't someone like pull Chris off to the side? Like, dude, your voice is going to crack at any second. Dude, you got to lay off something because you cannot growl anymore. It, that is awful, dude. And you can't I, do I can't ACDC growl like and that. I, dude, I, could, I think when I'm in the shower cleaning my nuts, I can do a better fucking growl than that. Ah, I'm going to have to go gouge my eye out because I just picture. Fuck. God damn it. Dude, that's awful, though. That but is it's, fucking awful. You know, and, and you know, you I kinda, love it. But you, you, know, you, you kind of appreciate their appreciation, like doing that, hey, this is one of my favorite records or songs, but it's like, ah, dude, do it by just listening to it in the privacy of your own home. Drive down rock the road. Rock an ACDC shirt. You know, rock, that's, oh, that's it. Crank it in your car through yeah. the fucking mall. Something. Well, no, if like if they but, like, well, we got to do it in our band and give back. Just then, when your next your next band picture, fucking have an ACDC shirt, have Chris Barnes' big old smile pointing at his shirt, like yeah, ACDC rules. That would have been effective enough. That cover. However, in the the, the case, of, <laughs> I gotta just stop there for a second. In the case of Six Feet Under, though, I'm happy that they covered it and recorded it because it has given me much pleasure. Anytime, very- like you're like, man. That was a really like if you know you're in the studio recording, you're like, man, that was a really bad take. I, I'm just I'm sucking today. You're just feeling down about your musical abilities. Just put on a six feet undercover album, and then you're like, all right, well, I was <laughs> man, I'm fucking Ingbe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have your larger than life bands that everyone fucking everyone's heard Metallica, and everyone pretty much likes them, or they don't. They can respect, yeah. appreciate it, hear it, or Slayer, and, and all that shit, all the most covered shit motorhead slayer hell i actually even heard celtic frost was the most covered metal band of all time which i, I can't know, even think of anyone that's sadistic intent the obituary um but nonetheless anyway. you, there's always there's gonna be that we're like we just covered and said you know people are gonna want to pay that homage and that's that's fine that you want to pay an homage but it's just it's unnecessary it's fucking stupid at that point it's just like well who just who doesn't know and it doesn't suit your style because it's not to say don't do a cover it's to say, it's like, dude, it's so larger than life. It's like getting a different version of that song. You don't appreciate it as much because you you know that version so well. It's on the radio. It's there and this and there and that and this. You've right. heard it a zillion times because you love it so much. To hear a different version of it ruins it. You just kind of like, Ugh. yeah, yeah you know, anything's going to be sour. So, so that's why to do an obscure thing. No, I'm not trying to be a hipster or whatever. It's... It's like yes, it's a, I'm shedding light. There's a great band called Magnus, or Desultry. we're gonna do a cover or Desultry. You know that's something you don't know it as well. And maybe our version is gonna be awesome. I mean, like I don't really particularly probably not if I'm on guitar. So yeah, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like and 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 that's kind of why. Like personally, Crucify Mortals has never done covers. We were going to do Desultries, but we couldn't because of certain band members couldn't play it. Um, you know, and it's so shit like that. And, and, you know, he wanted to, but it's like, also, you kind of just look like, well, this is kind of a cop-out, too. But no, maybe it's kind of cool. So, I don't I mean, there's reason. I'm not 
putting the total stink on it. Do I particularly like to listen to covers? Not entirely, unless it's Six Feet Under doing a really awful. What version. do you think about metal bands or hard rock bands that take a non-metal song and make it metal? I, well, and that was another point I was going to make too. Is like that would be kind of along the lines of making it your own. It's just Sanctuary did that with White Rabbit. Oh, that's I thought that was awesome. phenomenal. I thought that's it was great. A great I, version of that. Actually, I liked some Nevermore stuff, and then not that later jumpy crap. But anyway, there was a live video and Warl Dane, vocalist, also in Sanctuary. Uh, Nevermore did it then. And um, he was saying, it's like, you know, we played that in Europe and like some 13 year old kids like came up to him after the show. I'm like, dude, that new song was awesome. Right, <laughs> like, right. Really? But then that's, that goes to show the effect of how it could be. You find out about something, you know, in, indirectly or directly. And, and it's great. So, I mean, put down your, if you're going to cover Ace of Spades for the zillionth time. And if you're curious, I, there was an idea. I was going to do it for the show, but it didn't really work out too well. But if you're curious I'm on some of the shit and how much it is covered, just go to Metal Archives and then search by the song name and just type in like Ace. I did type in Ace of Spades and like a zillion Motorhead releases came up, but a shitload of fucking bands did too. Put down your Six Feet Under, put down your Ace of Spades cover because since the late 90s, Germany's front beast have been lurking in the darkest corners of the black metal underground. And now, front beast have prepared to storm with vengeance with their second album, Demon Ways of Sword. Out now in Hell's Headbangers, pressed on swamp green vinyl with black splatter and traditional black vinyl. Comes with a lyric sheet and also available on CD. So get that CD and vinyl pack because, hey, you need one for spinning and one for storing. Take a guess which one you're going to be spinning. And don't forget to get your fucking t-shirt. Here is Front Beast with Demon Ways of Sorcery.
once again, the world of music is taking a turn because of the changing technology and all this stuff making it different, for sure. And this was something really new to me that I was totally unaware of, that there's bands utilizing Kickstarter or websites of the like. Now, people that are unfamiliar with Kickstarter, as I was... Basically, it's a website that one would go to to say, hey, I'm starting a project that's, you know, going to help out some sort of community. So like, you know, if someone on a non-music scale was going like, hey, you know, I want to open up, I don't know, some sort of shelter for animals or something and I need the funds, they would go to Kickstarter type up their whole thing, what they're trying to do, and get people to pledge to pay out, make donations and stuff to help achieve their goal. Now, there's bands going on there trying to get funds for their freaking records and Ooh. bands we've heard of. Obituary, go uh, for one, is using Kickstarter, and they have theirs. It's help fund a new obituary album. Like, really, that's where music's going bigger bands like that they can't have a, a label stand behind them like oh my god like i'm trying to start a band i want to have a career in music i can't get on a label i gotta resort to something like that now before you get all worried i have to say that well duh obituary is doing that who the fuck wants to hear a new obituary album <laughs> no one i mean they went and saw those old geezers and go man they just went up there and the one guy looks like he's gonna fucking mow my lawn and now he's playing a gig like no i don't want to hear that dude obituary was done ages ago but with personal opinions aside, it is, I guess, a change in market, and that's kind of weird and scary of yeah, the like to I see mean, music going. How much that way. does it cost? I mean, all right, so now you got the funding for your album, and how I would are you imagine- pay it back to the people that. You well, know, they like, don't. They don't. Well, I mean, like, but like, just with the new record. Oh, so you, so you paid to help have the album well, made, okay. and now you got to go buy the record. Well, down. no, no. For the case of Entombed and Catatonia, and I'm certainly, certainly hoping for obituary. If you pledge money, you, you, you're basically. It hasn't been it's out a, yet. A down payment. So you, you're for, down paying, saying I'm buying it when it's out, and you don't pay. You give them like your credit card information and stuff. You can you do it whatever you can, and I don't know how they well, insure. That's not awful. It's not awful. And, and but like, it's, I'm reading here on one of them. It says we don't want to make uh, music for label. We want to make music for the fans. He'll still come out to shows. Blah blah blah. Which, uh, that's a good idea. But like, is it because they're old and have families and can't like let's put be money honest, aside? Though. I mean, do let's be honest. Well, I okay. Catatonia and Tombs later records and new obituary going to a site to get pledges to help put on a record, and then the excuse of it is because we want to make music for the fans and not a record label. Yeah. That's great for you to say that. That's but, that's what your PR guy told you to say. No, you're not, dude. Let's face it. No one gives a flying fuck, and no one wants to sign you. <laughs> no no label wants to put out those later in Tomb records that no one's ever heard of. I mean, I never heard of this. It's got the little tiki man on the front. Well, I don't even know what the DC hell that LX one's called. VI or whatever. Yeah, what the fuck's that? Roman numerals. Uprising. Who the hell listens to that? Same difference. It's got fucking Lassie the dog on the front. Like, yeah, I don't who the hell listens to that? <laughs> Is Nick A. Anderson even on those records? I don't like, know. Anyone that is an avid death metal fan does not like those those death and roll and tomb albums. That's why they need to go to these websites. That no no record label is going to put it out because they're not fucking stupid. Why do you think? Why do you think when you do go to an entomb show they don't play any of those songs and they play them for the left hand pass because no one wants to hear them. So there's no market in that. So maybe for their sake those is shows are going, still playing shows. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, no, they're still around. And catatonia. I mean. <laughs> 
do that. We ripped on that back when Don was there when we did that fear candy. Yeah, yeah. Thing. It's like, dude, that's awful. Like, because no one wants to hear it. No one in the metal wants that. Now, if they really were doing, like, say, some independent band of kids that are excited about records and can't get a funding and stuff. Yeah, they're right. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. But realistically it, how are they going to benefit from it because if no one knows who your band is and stuff there's because i was going to say like hey it's good for kids like people might have been but like, people aren't going to do it like hey i i just want to hear what this band unless they're like locals that know their stuff that's hey, i've seen yeah. them play out and it's like i want to hear it on the record so i can spin it at home you know are you better off getting pledges or just going out and playing shows and well that's making the thing t-shirts just, or, that's the I, thing is it, if the if this conversation were to go to the question that we're obviously proposing, does that mean that one can make music without the help of a label? I, I think absolutely not because where are they going to get that tour support? I mean, realistically, and like you said, unless they're like a local band and everyone knows it and there's like a thousand people because realistically, being someone in the know to know how something's pressed, unless you're doing a thousand copies, the company themselves are going to just say, hey, press 1,000 copies, throw away 900 of them and bam, you got your 100 CDs because it's way cheaper to do it that way otherwise just put out a stupid fucking cdr because that's going to be way more cost effective so realistically so anyone that went bing when i said kickstarter to get pledges you still unless you're heard tough. of you're yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna be near impossible you're gonna need that label backing in the case of like a band like entomb where people know who they are and few and far between people like those death and roll albums then yeah it's kind of a good thing like yeah you know they'll get pledges let it go until a certain amount of time. They're definitely going to get at least a thousand. There's going to be probably more dollars or people, people. Okay, to put well, it that's out. That's ten grand probably at least. Yeah. Well, and then well, ten that's grand. Way, that's they're going to they're going to make their money, so they're going to be able to pay the label to buy those rights or whatever or whoever was involved with it. So yeah, it's going to work out for them. And so I think for weird records that there are people that like those obscure records that no one likes, like Night of the Vinyl Dead is a prime example of a label that puts out re- records of bands. You're like, you know, what? I didn't even know they had this record, dude. Type well, that, and Venom the thing on I was Metal just Archives. Thinking. You're going to be like, I didn't even know there were these records existed. Right. I didn't even know this dude was in the band. But you know what? It just <laughs> occurred to me. If they're re-releasing those records, and I don't know why it didn't occur to me before, there's no studio cost, no nothing. What really? I mean, well, the label so yeah, they got to buy the, yeah, what, how much is, well, uh, maybe they don't, and maybe they don't, maybe the contract's up, the label owned it for this amount of time, right. or, but they're going to have to pay the personnel. A lot of people, dude, there's a lot of fucking knobs in music. People are like, you know, I, well, I'm this and that, you know, I did, oh, this you know you owe me this and you can't do this dude there's a lot there's a, th- a lot of people will write Some and of that say it happens locally too yeah dude totally fucking everyone every local scene's got that but there's a lot of bands and a lot of people will like say you know hey why don't you put out this and that from such and such band i don't know why it's not available it's a classic record this is exactly why because people are fucking knobs that's what it is that's not just being reaper being a fucking bitter asshole no that's what they, they are man i'm not going to point out names but there's a certain classic band uh, that i approached saying hey you know why not your later records and stuff we don't have the materials for it you'd have to approach the label the label doesn't respond because they don't want anything to do with the band other than bootlegging or something how the fuck else is going to come out 
You can't do it. And, and they're, that not, is shame and they're because, not actively pursuing going out. Like, and it's a shame because that band would be fucking awesome to have that. People want that shit. Exactly. But it, they, and they don't even a, know. And that's, a, that's the other thing, though, too. There's versions that have come out. Someone somewhere did get it out, like milk it out of them to finally fucking get it out. How? I don't know. And then they don't even know about that version. Like, it's fucked up. And it's just like... Dude, like there's just there, there's no awareness to their music. That hey, you wonder is it greed? Stuff. Is it fucking people being lazy or both? Or? I honestly think it's, it's that, like if you're I got or I got your shit sitting here. I don't have any use for it. Well, take it back. But, I honestly think that in a lot of cases it's people like I have to give props for the scenario of maybe Catatonia and Entombed. I got to give them props for doing this out of the out of the fashion of reissuing a catalog because, like I said. It's yeah. obscure shit. A label probably doesn't want to be around it. And, and maybe they legitimately don't want to have a label involved with it. And they do want to just give it to the fans. Which that I do think like that this. part's very and cool. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's why I say give them props for it. Like, okay, yeah, you go and say it. And you're like, hey, whenever that comes out, I am buying it. Here's the money for it. Count me in. And then they ship it to you, whatever. That's that's great. That I think that's a, that's a good thing. Make a new record? No. With that being said... There's, I, I think, to answer your question, why these bands, not all of them are actively, ha, they don't actively have a career like Entombed or vanished into obscurity at one point and did of, we're back, and then see that people care about them. But then when they come back, they were so out of the loop and so focused on their new shitty stuff that no one likes and d- don't realize the value of their old music or don't like it. Or embarrassed by it and don't want it available, which is odd for some. But they, a lot of bands do that and don't realize that there's a market for it. And even when you tell them that there is, don't believe or don't want any involvement. Or then there is some stupid shitty label that this exact same scenario for. Well, just don't want to get involved with like. Th- but they a, own it and they won't hand it over to anyone else. Think think of there's a uh, one that comes to mind. Uh, old local Cleveland man that I would love to have a record or a CD of their stuff. The certain person, I guess, that has it is just lazy. He keeps saying he's going to put it out and then he doesn't. I wonder who you're talking about. I don't about. know. And it's like, God damn it, put e- that shit out. Because Dude, exactly. If you did exactly. 300 vinyl copies, that's going to sell out in Cleveland alone probably. You know? That's the thing. And, and then when you try to approach those people, they, they're the most difficult thing. When you approach them with a bigger offer than what they could do themselves... They're high muddy on a horse. And now I don't know if in the in this scenario that you just brought for the Cleveland band that that's an ego thing or whatnot, and it's just laziness and just misinformation. It's just one of the many scenarios of why shit doesn't happen. And then bootlegs of stuff come out and people Get on their fucking nerd war now forum or whatever are sitting there giving stink faces and stuff and it's just I like, want my money because that's the shit. Yeah, and it, before because it's, it's kind of people might get confused. But there's people like fans then stink facing like a particular label or just a bootleg in general, like blah, 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 you know, because the bands aren't getting the royalties. Like, but dude, why do you think that people are bootlegging shit? Because they want to make it available. They fucking want right. a goddamn copy. They they in their maybe like Kate and Kate and said people in South America or whatever are bootlegging because they can't get a fucking, fucking get it. high rack. Well, seat. even uh, Sebastian talking about it over in Poland. In, uh, yeah, in back Poland. in the day, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you can't get it. They want it, and it's like, dude, it's because of your fucking stupidity that they're bootlegging shit. People will happily pay it, and people want an official version. Well, I mean, or in addition. Sorry to keep interrupting you, but in addition, I'm used to it. In the case of like, I'm gonna fucking out them. Roadrunner re-releasing Melissa and fucking 
don't break the oath. Dude, Melissa, that cover, that looks like shit. I didn't. I always thought like that's kind of a mediocre cover. Then you see the original, like that's fucking awesome because they just take it. They took a CD, they scanned it in, and blew it up to a fucking it's LP. All f- it's all fuzzy. shitty looking. Yeah. It's all dark. They don't give a fuck. Obituary slowly we rot. Look at that Ryu show of LP, dude. It looks like shit. Logo's crystal clear though. It's like they don't give a fuck. So sometimes the bootleg thing looks better, dude. It's it's to the fans. It's to the fucking fans. Well, don't don't shit on something because there is a fan. Now if someone is half-assing something and just totally putting on a fucking turd to make money, then yeah, that I agree. And how does one know of such? You don't really. You just use your eyes and you use your ears and you look at it for yourself. So there's some bands that I've talked to you about that's like, fuck, you know, I want to get copy of this album you know I have it on CD or something vice versa and it's stuff that's gonna sell because maybe the band's defunct they're not doing stuff but people are from that band or in other bands and it's like there's people like me they're like well I never heard of this previous band but now that I have through this other band without naming anybody and it's like I fucking want that and mm-hmm. it's like you get tempted to be like I'm gonna fucking somehow find this fucking music and I'm gonna fucking put it out because I know other people that want it and you can you, you know you can't i don't know how to do that shit personally but it's like yeah it's like holy fuck there's there's now a demand for this for whatever reason bam well you think and, <laughs> i mean yeah you have a group of circle and, of friends yeah but, exactly and it could be the you know 50 people i talked to i mean about I, I would never take it upon myself to fucking you know put something out and be just like i wouldn't know i just you know right right just because, hope someone does it one day yeah my rose colored lenses you know and then i'm sitting on 900 cds or 300 exactly. fucking lps but then, but then I'd be like, well, I got enough copies, so if I fuck one up, I've got the the backup. But anyway, I, I don't get it when there's fucking good music and someone could put not even just get it out, but they can make a dime off of it, more than a dime. There's a reason why something's still available because there's demand for something. That is just poor marketing. That is just someone that I don't know what the fuck to do with my band. And then they get some stupid egos and people quitting, people wanting shit they're not deserving for. Someone just needs to bite the bullet and just in the band, you know, and do it and, and do it officially. Like, dude, the fans need it. None of these people paying a hundred dollars for something stupid on fucking eBay and getting a shittier version. And now there's some asshole. Now there's another guy in the world that doesn't have it anymore because he sold it to someone else. It's like that. Really? That's what your band's going to be is just a constant trade more or right, less. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I don't understand it. So in all summaries in the, in the form of a new album or a new band, I think it's kind of sad <laughs> To reissue something that you're hopefully, for the case of Entomb, admittedly saying that not everyone really likes this stuff, but people do. We want to make it available to them. I, I, I think say, there's more people out there to like it than what you and I. It, it, that's our that's our rose colored lenses. I think. I, I think it's a great thing that they realize the reality of the situation. Less of a market of fans that like it. Label doesn't want to back it. We want to give it to those people that do like it. So we're going to go and we don't exactly have the money ourselves. We don't want to take upon that burden to potentially go bankrupt, blah, 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 send a bunch of copies. So we're going to start. We're going to use the technology and use a pledge site. Guaranteed sold sales. Now we can make it available. Props. New album. Never heard of your band. Don't give a shit about your band anymore, i.e. obituary. Not so much a good idea because you need that label that has a context, that has the funds, that can give you publicity that can give you the advertisement and all that shit yeah unless so, they're gonna use the money for that themselves and take out an ad on the internet or magazine or whatever I, yeah. I don't know and maybe in the case of obituary though they're doing the exact maybe they're doing the exact same thing as the obituary or the entombed reissue that 
okay, yeah, you know, you pay a pledge, and when the new album comes out, you're a guaranteed sale. And I still say, in that situation, it's still kind of crappy because it's your new record. So then it's just really just going to be to a limited audience. So you're going to be all like, you know, you're not, it's, it's, it's not good for your band if you're trying to do something with your band. So it kind of, I'm not saying well, don't they're going to use the money and, and make more copies, but just guarantee, you know, they're not going to make it to order, but uh, now they're going to make more copies. And what the fuck are they going to do with it? No one's going to know. They don't, they're not well, a record. That's why when there's some of the money, they're not going to put towards advertising and all that shit. You want, you just want their But how do they know? They you obviously clearly Nobody need does. a label. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying, in my personal opinion, I don't think that for a band that's trying to do a new record, whether they be the Metallica to Ugh. Obituary, Lulu, trying to do, but trying to reach out to the fans and get pledges and shit, I don't think it's the best move because it's going to be just now all those now all those people just got that record, so now it's a limited audience. Or they do the Eddie, your scenario, like you said, they use the profits to press more, but it's like, and, well, but they and obviously don't say, yeah, or they maybe take they some don't their own know, money but, for that. Maybe, maybe obituary maybe maybe they do know how to advertise right. but most people that do at the end of the day do you'd be surprised actually you're just going well that's a pretty big name they probably know how to advertise and shit no a lot of those people know just no, all, I'm not all saying they, they know, know how, how to, to advertise but they have the name you know because there's people that are probably going to buy it just because it says no obituary put it this way no slight on the guy Prime example that all this guy knows how to do is plug his instrument and play. Danny Lilker, he didn't even know what the fuck Watts were. He didn't know what the power button were for bass. <laughs> that guy just knows how to make metal. That's all he knows. So the chances of him gathering up the rest of nuclear assault and hey, we're gonna get pledges and then we're gonna use the profits to keep it all circulating. John Conley, and then could we're be gonna that guy. maybe. I, I met him when I was say a teenager. A bunch, but, and, man, you're defi- you, you give me ba- say there's just a band of just Danny's. Okay, <laughs> I got fucked, it. but they got a huge name. There's it's just not happening. So I'm I'm trying to encourage. I'm just trying to shed a, a light of reality on what I've seen. I'm not trying to uh, you know, toot a horn like I'm this big guy that knows. But I've seen some shit and put a, a perspective on it to where it's like, if you're a kid trying to start a band and you think that's a good idea, I'm not saying that I know everything and that it is a, a horrendous idea. I'm just giving you these pinpoints to say it's probably not going to work out in your favor. Right. Use caution because you're going to have to bust your ass to get that. Yeah. And, and you're, you're probably not going to make money off it. You're break even at best. Yeah. So all in all, but, new bands, new records, you're probably still going to need a label. That's how I summarize it. So we need to knock out some submissions. So we're just going to do a whole block of music with some submissions from bands. We're going to start it with Conceived by Hate with Vengeance is the Law. Yeah. 
So as I mentioned earlier, I have uh, Putrid on the phone here, and uh, you may know him from doing covers from Empatigo, Nunslaughter, Cyanide, Acid Witch. What are some other uh, notable bands that I probably forgot about that you've worked on? Um, that was pretty much, those are the biggest ones. Um, I got to, at the honor, to do um, some autopsy work on the uh, new tool for now, like, you know, demo releases that, you know, Yosa kind of put out. Well, that and Vitago and, like, Nunflower Cyanide are, you know, those are, like, dream come true projects. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've done stuff for Ghoul, Blood Freak, like, Razorback Records. Oh, in Menace, there's another one. Fucking, yeah. I can't keep track of this shit anymore. <laughs> so pretty impressive repertoire for those who don't know your work. Right, yeah, exactly. A couple of years ago, I met you at uh, Simmel Wasteland, and for those of you who don't know, that's a horror convention, and uh, you were showing me your Nunslaughter tattoo, which was, and tell me about the band, which was was pretty funny because, uh, you know, I was in the band at the time, and uh, I'm not sure... Oh, geez, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and after that, it's like, because I, I hadn't known about your work, and, you know, after talking to you, I, then I started to see your stuff come around and I don't I don't know if it was just because you know I saw you know I met you and then all of a sudden it's like oh, oh no shit okay so there's putrid or if it was because your stuff was you know starting to get get out there and, and you know people were starting to yeah. use you as an artist how exactly did you get the opportunity to draw for these pretty notable bands oh uh, well I mean I pretty much I started in 03 um when I was still in Colorado um I was well I grew up skateboarding so I mean that was like I made that like my fucking life. I was hardly I didn't really do much of anything for like fucking ten years of just all you know, always skateboarding. I was drawing, of course, um, here and there, but nothing like too serious. But um, yeah, just a couple opportunities came up just with some friends via skateboarding. I did a couple graphics and then um, got the attention of like some you know notable skateboard uh, companies like Antihero and Creature. And, uh, yeah, I just did some boards for them, and I was like, you know, I always wanted to do artwork for bands, really, but I, you know, I didn't really know too much about it. I'm um, about getting into that. I mean, I had no idea. I just had, didn't know how you get into that. But the skateboard thing was just thrown in my lap, and then, then it kind of clicked. I'm like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> you know, this was going pretty well. And then I just set up a website, and, uh, yeah, just made up some flyers. I was always going to shows, but I didn't really think, like, oh, why don't I just fucking make up some flyers? Yeah. I'm already a terrible businessman, so back then it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking god-awful, dude, I was a dumbass. But, um, yeah, and then it just worked out, man. That's just uh, moved out here, pretty much, to just, like, tackle and just, uh, you know, start doing my art. And, uh, yeah, you know, just made up with the Cardiac Arrest dude. That was the first album cover I did. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, really. It was pretty easy. And then, yeah, I don't know. I would just hit up bands that I liked and be like, hey, uh, you, you, you guys are rad. Like, what's up? Want to work with me? Like, here's my stuff. And, you know, it's it's kind of that easy. And your art is more of a, a line art. What are the origins of your, your love for drawing? Was it, like, was it you dicking around in kindergarten and drawing satanic stuff? figures or did, 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 your, oh, yeah. did your art start a little later than that <laughs> yeah that would have been a little later but yeah started <laughs> that dude it was tanks and fighter jets and sharks that was fucking that was pretty much it and just always gore too well, plus back then I mean I've been watching horror movies my whole life and I was a big Jason fan when I was super young I thought Freddy was a pussy, man. I was like, oh, rules. <laughs> so I got a bunch of drawings of that and from the thing. The thing was, like, huge for me because, you know, being like a, you know, super fledgling young artist at that point, the thing 
was so great because the monster, you could pretty much do whatever with him. It was just like a twisted mass. So I, so I did a shitload of that when I was younger. And um, yeah, but the, the first artist, it's funny if I just answered this question for that chips and beer zine, um, that I ever like really latched onto and like started following was Bernie Wrightson, which is pretty obvious if you know the work of him. Mm-hmm. And then you see what I do. I mean, I'm fucking just worship the fucking ground that that dude walks on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just started buying like Creepshow and Cycle the Werewolf, Swamp Thing, and uh, yeah, I just nerded out with that. And then, you know, I kind of just Predator and Terminator. Nowadays, I look at that that old Dark Horse art and it's really nothing. It's pretty much like drew no inspiration from that, but uh, which is strange because I was obsessed with those comics. <laughs> but um, yeah. Fucking dude, alien gore, terminators, bullets, warfare. That was yeah. It was all the typical morbid obsessions of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, your artwork's black and white. But more recently, it's been colored. But you yourself, you don't do the coloring. Oh uh, yeah, no, I do the coloring. Um, I didn't color God in a long time. Um, years ago, when I was doing a lot of color art, um, that stuff works really well for the Blood Freak because I was doing a shitload of stuff. Um, for Blood Freak, just working with Billy and Neil like real closely, and you know they had the Blood Freak. You know is really kind of a horror influence, comic booky, like the colorful, splashy, almost cartoony, um, gore stuff works really, really well for that. So we did a lot of color back then, but um, recently, like the color work I've done, um, my good buddy Adam Geyer, the painter, like he's been painting like the Hood Menace stuff. And uh, we did a, a collab with Nunslaughter. That was the uh, demo box set on the Nunslaughter? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he repainted that and the box set. Yeah, it was used for the box set. That turned out super awesome. Like, Lost Ape from Hooded Menace was super pumped on that. He was like, oh, that's that's exactly what we want. So um, we did that for Never Cross the Dead. And uh, yeah, we're going to start working on the third cover pretty soon, actually. Same deal. Like, I'm going to ink it black and white. And then uh, Dyer's going to transfer it over and, you know, flush it out with this fucking ridiculously awesome painting skills. <laughs> well, yeah, the stuff that he, I've seen, him, well, the Nunslaughter especially, I remember when I saw that the first time, I was blown away. I was like, because I, I saw it black and white. Before that, it was on a T-shirt and whatever else. And yeah. uh, it, it, it was totally sweet. And then when I saw the colors, like, it brought a whole new life to it. There, there was details I didn't even know were going on with that nun, you know, the rotting tit and all that. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's yeah, fucking yeah, great. You're yeah. not the first person to bring that one up, dude. Like, yeah. people would see that and they'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, like the fucking tit with the maggots coming out of it. Like, yeah. I didn't even see that, which when I hear that, I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Sucks, I appreciate you. Not noticing my detail, I spent hours on. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, God damn it! But I always have a problem with details and like making everything pop out. So I'm pretty used to figuring that. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, no matter what the artist, whether it be a musician or you know, or a painter, you're always going to be you know the, the most critical of your work. So are you a? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so are you a, an artsy fartsy person that appreciates all art, or just one of those dudes that? It happens to be able to draw grotesque material very well. Yeah, you know, I do not <laughs> consider myself like an artsy fartsy person at all. I fucking hate <laughs> I fucking fine art and all that uh, that bullshit, man. Like, I just I don't care about it. I mean, whatever, like, that's cool. You know, do what you want. Um, whatever kind of artist you are, like, yeah, you know, if you're 
being creative and you're, you're getting that out the way you want, like, good for you. But uh, there's a lot of this shit out here. I mean, living in Chicago, too, you know, I see all that fucking history garbage everywhere, man. And a couple of years ago, I was going to, like, I had some friends in art school, and uh, they were, uh, they had those BA shows, you know, when there's a bachelor, when they graduate, and, and the whole, like, school there has that big art show at the college. And, dude, you go there and you're just looking at thousands of these art school kids work and man like, not even kidding 98% of it is just pathetic that's <laughs> not even me being a snob man like it's amazing no like, zombies what the fuck <laughs> are these kids doing there dude but then you know that, that 2% like holy shit man yeah, there's some kids that are fucking really good, but uh, it's mostly just like you go and get drunk and just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, you wouldn't find putrid strolling through a museum. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> <laughs> so as you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, growing up in Colorado and then moving to Chicago, do you think that moving to Chicago, having a, more of a an active scene, you know, a bigger scene that you know than what would be in Colorado, that that kind of helped the success of your art? Oh my God, dude, ridiculous, like insane. Um, I mean, when I moved to Chicago, obviously I knew Chicago had a great metal scene, but it's not. I mean, just the surrounding Midwest. I mean, it's all you fucking maniacs in Ohio. <laughs> and like you know Indiana you got the working corpses down there and I guess it is more western midwest that has good shit going on but uh yeah I mean it's insane and just the scene is great man um like I said when I first moved here I would just go to shows and hand out flyers and stuff and I mean it's just met so many people man and everyone's so fucking cool for the most part um and yeah you know just hanging at shows like getting drunk like <laughs> catching good bands and you know there's obviously a shitload of bands just you know hanging out and going to the show so I just you know I'm a friendly guy I make a lot of friends and uh yeah I mean just pretty much most of my work a lot of it you know has come from just hanging out you know befriending people and uh yeah and uh it's gotten you recognition uh worldwide because of uh Narutoshi uh with Obliteration Records in Japan he did that book how exactly did that yeah. you know, how did that work out like did he just get in contact with you and like I love your fucking art like cause he, he puts out records and then to see that he's putting out a, an artsy book like just kind of caught me off guard yeah yeah it was really cool man um yeah, it was really simple how that went down too uh, I think it was through a battle I did some art for battle uh, stew and just talking to Naru like oh cool dude your label's awesome and um, he's like yeah I really want you to work let's start working together and then he just hit me up and he's like yeah I got this um this art this art like gallery opened up called Gallery de Muerte and uh, he's like I want to start putting out like kind of like artists you know like little zines devoted to a singular artist and I think yeah I see one of his wife's art and then yeah I was the second one up and uh, yeah it was amazing I mean I can't thank him enough for that like I just sent him a shitload of images and he just whipped that thing up and sent me like a hundred copies I mean I made money off that and people were super excited about it it looked fucking gorgeous um dude I can't even I can never like repay that dude it was such a cool thing he did yeah absolutely it, it really did turn out really nice and that book that we're talking about that's a uh, putrid gore art that, that's what it was called correct yeah yeah that's right it had made its rounds I don't know if it's still available uh, 
But nonetheless, that, that is something, if it's not available, I guess it might be a, an eBay item. <laughs> Go figure, yeah, exactly. Huh? It's, I mean, it's not that hard to find. It wasn't like no crazy limited diehard, <laughs> you know, like book release there. So, um, yeah. So you, you've been working on a magazine. Uh, what, what? Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd love to. It's like a <laughs> I borderline. You would. <laughs> yeah, it's like a borderline obsession with me. I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't even say borderline, like, Fucking, that's all I think about. Um, yeah, just a, a straight up, just just a fanzine around just horror movies and the entire spectrum of metal. Um, comics, you got this great eight-page werewolf comics by this illustrator Guy Bell who wrote and you know illustrated it, and it's like insanely awesome. It's very much in the um, eerie pubs um, comic style from like the '60s up into the '80s. This really schlocky comic company, and what pairs up great with that too is we got a, an interview with Mike Howlett, who wrote the book on um, the eerie publications. And not to mention, I've been, been super inspired by that. So a lot of the art that I've been doing is, is kind of inspired off that. It's just gonna be old school cut and paste. Um, I'm handwriting it because um, I'm really influenced by the. Um, Cinema Sewer style Robin Boogie's art. So the name, I don't think I said the name. It's going to be entitled Oregon. It's very simple. I thought that was kind of a cool title. I've never even heard a band, you know, with, that has that um, that has that name. So I thought it was kind of unique. I mean, I've been putting in like two, three to ten hour days, you know, on it, man. Like trying to get it out. We're about 32 pages deep, but I want to hit like 60 or 70. Um, I want this thing to just be massive, you know, our first issue. But uh, I don't know. We'll kind of just roll with it. See how, see how it goes, you know? Rest assured, this first issue is just going to be massive. It's jam-packed with cool shit. Well, when can we expect the first issue? Issue of Oregon. Oh man, well that's the thing, dude. It's like, man, each page takes so long. Like I did an interview um, for German, with German Nocturnal, and the first intro, intro page I did was it was over fourteen hours, just on like that one page. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know it's just the laying out and the, the drawings and the handwriting. I mean, it takes so long, but but needless to say, in the end, it'll have a lot of your blood, sweat, and tears put into it. Oh, dude, it'll be insane. Yeah, you will not be able to open this thing up without being like, "Holy shit, this dude is a fucking loser." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice that you want to be noted for that. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it'll we'll wear our colors on our sleeve with this thing. It's gonna it's gonna rule. Excellent. I'm I'm very excited about. So how could anyone interested in getting in touch with you to have, you know, artwork done or just shoot the shit with you? How could they get in touch with you? Pretty easy, you know, email. I'm, I'm on Facebook, too. I've got the Oregon page um, set up um, as well as just my my normal page, which is just under Putrid Matt. And then email, too. My, my contact on there. And, yeah, pretty easy to get in touch with me. I always keep up on that shit and uh, get people back. I'm a pretty social guy. I like to I like to keep in touch with with everybody. So uh, yeah, pretty easy. Uh, I also have a website. I haven't fucking updated the thing because I guess I've been updating everything incorrectly. As I mentioned before, like I'm fucking a Neanderthal <laughs> when it comes to computers and cyber shit. But um, <laughs> I still got like tons of work up there, and that's just putrid gore. Dot com. So putridgore.com. I'm wishing you a lot of luck, man, with the, the zine and all that, and I, and I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, dude.
hard rock, heavy metal especially, has been blamed for murders and other blights. Whether it's been someone killing themselves or committing murders or other atrocities, we wonder sometimes if there aren't other factors. A friend and listener has been courteous enough, so shout out to Dan, thank you for this, uh, to compile a list of many murders and stuff that were supposedly attributed to metal, which is pretty much bullshit, but that's what we're here to interpret. (laughs) 1984, Ricky Queso Castle. Ricky (laughs) kills Gary Lawers in Northport, Long Island, New York. Casso was a self-styled Satanist and drug dealer. He killed Lauer over a stolen bag of mescaline. Or is it mescaline? Mescaline. Definitely worth it for a bag of mescaline to kill somebody. (laughs) Supposedly, as he killed Lawers in the woods, he stabbed him repeatedly while imploring him to say... You love Satan. Next. And also in 1984, there was John McCollum, or McCollum, I don't know. Uh, he committed suicide while listening to Ozzy Osbourne. He was listening to the Ozzy song Suicide Solution. And many might definitely remember that. That was pretty famous. I mean, that's one that I definitely knew of. And for it's sure. actually, what's that? I said for sure, yeah. And actually, and, and blaming the song for pretty much having a subliminal message to, or not even a subliminal message to for, for him to kill himself when actually the song is about alcohol addiction and right. how it's pretty much you're committing suicide by, obviously, drinking alcohol. Right. <laughs> In 1985, you guys probably remember the two Judas Priest fans, Raymond Belknap or Belknap, and James Van shot themselves after listening to uh, Stained Class. Belknap died immediately, and Vance died later. Uh, the song Better By You, Better Than Me was blamed, but it was supposedly it wasn't the song itself, but the breaths in between certain words if played backwards, which if you're playing a record backwards, you probably should kill yourself. <laughs> um, this supposedly made it sound, the sound, do it. Case taken to court and found not guilty. And which, you know what's funny about that? Is if why did Judas Priest get a fucking stink for that? But because, repugnant didn't. Well, not even that. No. <laughs> Do it. Why did Judas Priest get a big stink over Better By You, Better Than Me with a subliminal message? Because that's a fucking cover. Well, because it was on their record. Well, it was on someone else's record, so when that person subsequently... Well, because Judas Priest, is, they're the devil worshippers, you know, because there's so much that says devil worship from stained class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, well, to be continued. <laughs> All right. And in 1992, Brad Faust... Bard. Bard. Six out of five of us are dyslexic. Uh, <laughs> Faust, Ethan of Emperor fame, kills Magni... Anderson, these fucking sweet Andreasen. Andreasen and <laughs> Lillehammer, Nori after Anderson solicited him for sex. Andreasen. Right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right, so you get it. So That's Faust. <laughs> now, like that case, all right, I he probably killed him because well, he was uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> so all right, so that that one's that's Ixnade. Nineteen ninety-two, West Germany. Henrik Mobus. Sebastian Schlauschleil. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. Schlauschleil. And Andreas Kirchner, members of the band Absurd. Uh oh, they're going to kill me now. They killed their former friend, Sandro Boyer. They strangled him to death with an electrical cord and eventually buried his body. 
1993, staying on the European continent, Varg kills Mayhem's Euronymous. And everyone pretty much knows about that. Right. And you guys probably remember the West Memphis 3, 93 to 94. Damien Eccles, I think is how you say his name, Jesse yeah. Miskelly Jr., and James Baldwin, blamed for the deaths of three young boys, found guilty but later acquitted, well-documented in several books oh, of course. documentaries. But Alec Baldwin and Billy Baldwin just yeah. went off scot-free. Right. <laughs> so did Ray Lewis. And Anyway, 1995... Caleb Fairley in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, I assume. A fan of Electric Hellfire Club, although not a metal band, they have satanic leanings, which I guess language, I don't know. He killed a mother and her infant daughter after locking them in the shoe store where he worked, then violated their mother's corpse. He then dumped the bodies and went to the Electric Hellfire Club concert that night as previously planned, I guess. Well, of course. And how, you know, again, <laughs> how does the music make this guy do it? He's not just fucked up to begin with and just happens to... No, like, no, dude. I usually totally like, the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, let's just go and kill someone, and then we'll go straight to the show afterwards. Like, nothing ever happened. Well, you know, you know that's just what the music does. The, and, and, come on. You know, 1996, though. Royce Casey, Joseph Fiorella, and Jacob Deleshmutt killed 15-year-old Elise Paler. They were supposedly rabid Slayer fans and did the killings as a sacrifice to Satan to help promote their band's stardom. Because that's the best way to do it. Fuck. What was that? What were we talking about? Kickstart, yeah. yeah don't kickstart kick kill people. Kickstart your career of the death. Idiot. Holy hell. They were on drugs and they supposedly went back to the corpse several times to perform necrophiliac acts. Parents of Paler Definitely tried Slayer's to sue fault. tried to sue Slayer, and they were unsuccessful. Which f- fucking of course. <laughs> Good luck with this guy's name. Oh, in 1997, John Nodvid of Dissection convicted of being an accessory to murder. I actually thought he was the murderer, but maybe he was, and that sh- maybe I should have been the lawyer. But he then obviously served time. He was freed and then killed himself because his life was fulfilled. Because after however many years of in jail. I, too, would feel fulfilled. <laughs> right. And then in 1998, I actually saw this documentary. Uh, Fabio Talas and Kaira Marino killed by Fabio's bandmates from the band Infliction. They were members of a self-styled satanic cult called the Beasts of Satan. Fabio had supposedly begun to mock their satanic beliefs, and it was documented in a Discovery Channel documentary. So in 1998 in Finland, a group of Finnish black metal fans led by 23-year-old Yargo Elg. 23-year-old, but all right. Right. <laughs> what did I say? 22. Oh, Jesus. Two, I 23-year-old. I can't, I can't read. Under the in- influence of homebrewed alcohol, which let's, let's blame the metal, not the alcohol. Uh, called Killed You, Killed One of Their Friends. They duct taped his eyes, nose, and mouth before stabbing him to death with scissors. Post-mortem, they mutilated the corpse and removed the innards. Do you think that after that, Jarno went to his corpse and pointed at you and be like, I killed you! Bad joke. 19, all right. <laughs> I, I don't think you got it. I don't think I did. That either. was the guy's name. Killed you. Oh. Oh. All right. Yeah, that was a bad joke. All right, we all remember <laughs> this one. <laughs> We do? Yeah, 1999, Columbine. Eric, oh, I do. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold going to Killing Spray. Fans of Romstein 
Okay. Everyone knows about right. that. Yeah. Well, at least and, in America, maybe around the world. And they don't. then freaking wearing metal shirts to school was never the same. And you know, I, <laughs> I, I was out of school by then. Oh, so. dude, I was so fucking pissed. Like, God, those fucking jackass <laughs> Merrill Manson fans ruined it for everyone. I don't even know where the fuck Columbine is. <laughs> Colorado. I didn't know at the time. Uh, 2012, Bobby Gladden of in Baltimore. He uh, opened fire in a cafeteria at school. He was a metal fan, and, well, he didn't kill anyone, but, of course, since he was a metal fan, that obviously was the reason. I mean, Satan told him to do it. Right. So, you know, and that's one of the things. And one of the things that we learned from this, Reaper and Eddie should not read on the air. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell, we're awful. Yeah. Or we need to edit them a lot. Right. Um, but that's one of the things, though, dude. You find an artifact. Let's be honest here. The fir- if you're a freaking detective and then you go to a, a, a the perpetrator's home and you find a metal record and, oh, case solved. Case closed. We got yeah. it. He listened to me. You're a fucking moron. I certainly, I don't know firsthand or just even by awareness of these cases. I highly doubt that that was the case. No. I certainly hope that wasn't all. But... That lends me to believe that, yes, they go to the perpetrator's home and, you know, they're looking for artifacts and clues and interviewing the families and not, and then stumble across that stuff and then attribute to that. And it's just kind of fucking ridiculous well, because it, what if they went when they never go to someone's home and look for and, movie stubs or go, hey, what did the parents, how are they treating these people? You know? That or, I mean, sometimes they do. Maybe now. They definitely don't go in there find a Bible and go, they were reading the story of Cain and Abel and that God told them to kill his brother. Didn't right. he tell him to kill his brother? I think so. Or other crazy shit in the Bible. That obviously has nothing to do with it because no one's raised Christian all their life, forced into it, uh, condemned or cast out from family, shunned, if you will, because of having a different religious belief other than Christianity. That never happens to anyone. And that doesn't make it, anyone it delusional to enough. To, with, you know, yeah, that never fucks with no. your mind and makes you want to kill people or do bad well, things. Well, I didn't want to do that because I knew that, well, no, that I'm not was saying wrong you on my partic- own. <laughs> I'm not saying you in particular, but there's some pretty nut job people out there or weak-minded people or people that, yes, get affected way worse by shit in life that we would ever comprehend because we haven't had uh, fucked up right. lives as much as but, that. The point you're going on is it's like how many fucking abortion doctors, Christians have killed doctors but because they give abortions, and I'm like, that's kind of very hypocritical that <laughs> these wackos would do oh, it. I didn't know that really happened. Yeah, it does. And then why aren't they blaming the movie The Exorcist? Or they, he just went and saw Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Mess. You know, how, where, where is that? Where's, you the know. Movie ne- a movie never gets blamed, but music does. Right. Or the bullies at fucking school that are intolerant, that drive these fucking kids that are a little fucking whacked out of, out of their brain because the shitty food they're eating spikes them with sugar at in class you know none of that shit it's always find the cop out Marilyn Manson they asked him probably people know this they asked him what would you, about those kids in Columbine what would you say to those kids in Columbine if you could go back and go the day before the shooting or the day of he goes I wouldn't say anything I would listen and that's part of the fucking problem these kids when they're kids or even the young in their 20s feel so outcast because there's I think you and I can relate oh I totally did and it's like 
well, yeah, we feel shunned aside because of the way we look or because I think differently than you. And it's like, look at the bullying fucking that goes on, you know? Well, that's the thing. Uh, in, in accordance to that one directly, I mean, I wasn't, you know, getting picked on and shit, but I, I could definitely relate to the outcast part and not because I listened to Marilyn Manson or anything, but just being a metal fan growing up in a uprising suburb, I guess would be the way to put it correctly. But being in a place that, you know, you're around kids and stuff that don't listen to anything, and you're definitely clearly the outcast that they label as the mainstream outcasts, i.e. Marilyn Manson, and that's still not the point, so that pisses you off even more. <laughs> like, I'm not, no, I'm not no fucking Marilyn Manson fan. I like fucking metal. Get it fucking straight. Oh, that goth kid. It's like, yeah, goth. Like, yeah, you're, ins- that, you're, and you're that's insult- so ignorance. Right? You're insulting me by insulting me. <laughs> Twice. Like, you're right. giving me a and, double And that's whammy. what I was As you get older, you learn to just fucking yes, take fuck it. Or, fuck or it. If you listen to this show, apparently I haven't. But, <laughs> but now the thing is, though, the thing is, I'm not sitting here saying that metal has absolutely Absolutely no influence whatsoever. I'm saying it's a case by case thing. That it's all. Sure. It's just everyone's. Just, that's just the quick. That's that's what it was. That's obviously. I mean, they, they don't look at how fucked up the kid. And it's like whether he was listening to metal or not. Whether even if heavy metal didn't exist, that kid's gonna go fucking kill. He's listening to it, right? Not to get ideas how to kill. He's listening to it because he's or she's relating to it. I don't know. She's on there, but. No, I I would say how many times in your life have you been so just frustrated? You're like, fuck. When I was in high school, they put I was very, like when I younger, I was very athletic, played a lot of sports. I quit playing football because you see the way I'm built. I'm six three hundred eighty pounds. You know, I'm not a big guy. <laughs> and so I kept playing baseball, but I had long hair, wore the black t-shirts. But these fucking football players were so pissed at me from quitting football. They would walk up to me. One kid walked up to me with like eight of his fucking cohorts behind him. Me and two of my friends, the fat kid and the skinny kid, kid takes a swing at me right in front of a fucking teacher, blasts me in the face. We're going to be the ones getting in trouble because we're the metalheads because it's easy to pin that shit on us that we started it. We're the troublemakers when in actuality we weren't. And I remember walking away from that so fucking fired up going, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. I just want to stab him in his fucking throat with an asshole. And then as the adrenaline comes down, you're like, you know what? That's stupid. Fuck that guy. He's an idiot. What's making that kid fucking do it? It's not the music. Look at his fucking parents. You know, maybe the kid's like, hey, Hey dad, I want this, or hey mom, I want this, or or he doesn't know who the fuck his dad is because his mom's out fucking smoking crack and getting truck driver semen fucking you know yes yeah, pl- deliveries be yeah. But in a, I do think there are cases that sometimes it is music, like the, for instance the whole um, mayhem uh, murder, you know where uh, right. we're dead or not dead. Um, Whatever those fucking guys' names are, God damn, I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I get them all confused. Right, right. Everyone Norway's killing each other, but. Uh, when they fucking Euronymous and Varg, jeez, finally came to so uh, the other B band, Burzum, Mayhem right. and Burzum, yeah, yeah, yeah. B-band. When Mayhem and Burzum are killing each other for a whole thing, now that I suspect enough, I always for the longest time was a trip like you know it's metal and maybe it is, maybe it's the, the, that whole black metal thing, but at the same time, I don't think it was because I think there was no, like they more, were just fucked like, up. Well, well, the well the you know Euronymous threatened him, so then he was you know he claimed self defense and stuff. So you know you weren't there. And that's right. and that's one of the things too. A lot of this shit, though, I all I, I kind of wonder. Like like I gave that scenario as a detective, someone. I mean, you're a pretty shitty detective if that's all you fucking do. You walk in there and you see something. Because let's face it, metal is darker, and it's to a lot of people, and more so nowadays than back then. 
yeah, or earlier metal, on death metal bands. But yeah. it's still in a way, especially the stuff that we listen to, unknown. And people fear the unknown. Right. So, of course, it's going to be easy to attribute that. But rather than finding out more on it, you're just going to point the finger. So I would have to say that that's uh, maybe it's more so a media pin, pinning that rather than the actual case itself. Well, it's I would made it to court hope. times. So maybe it isn't. It, it's, it's more than the media. It's it's a scapegoat. Okay. So I don't really pay attention, so I don't know, but so I'm glad right. you said that. And, and it's, it, it's like before we started this segment, we were talking about, nothing to do with murders, but we were talking about lyrics to a song yeah. that you were like, I what I said, it's 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 a metaphor for this chick wants a cock to get impregnated, whatever. <laughs> and and it's like, the most you know, when, when I read dark, like when I would go home or later that day when I put my Walkman on, I'd wow, say you're, put you're on. Dating I am dating myself <laughs> in a fucking tape walk, man. I'd put my headphones on and say it was you know th- this is back in '86. Rain and blood was out. I'd put that on. When I heard the lyrics, I didn't think I'm actually gonna go and make these guys exit piece by piece. I thought, all right, there's these guys I look up to musician wise that have apparently been frustrated enough or just fucked up enough to write about it. I feel better. I've related to it. I've related to the emotion. I've let it go and I've moved on. And I think that's what most people do. Dude, they- it never even phased me. Like reality and lyrics never even crossed paths. Like I never listened to anything and went like yeah, he's talking to me. Like, it ne- I never, never said they were talking I always to me. Like, I just a- said they were, I could relate. I'm like, all right, I get it. I mean, you, you, you gotta know? be, you, it makes you fucking stupid almost. if you do. <laughs> like, no, I, I've got like, you know, that sounds cool. It's just, an, it's a, it's an attraction it's, to the macabre is right. what it is. Like, I don't know. Like, it just never, it never did one. It, it just, it took you out of reality, realistically. It was just what I was into. I went home and I listened to metal records. Did it maybe help me cope? I, I, yeah, I would have to say I'm so. Sure it, yeah, it took your it mind your off escape. of it. But yeah. it didn't like, just because it was violent in theme, Also, that wasn't the reason that it didn't give me violent thoughts. I just... It wasn't like it was just something I wasn't gonna fuck up my life for. Right, it's, well, <laughs> I'm gonna be out of here in a few years. You know, it's fuck funny it. because I, I've talked to people now, and I'm I'm a fucking professional, my job. And there's people like I bet you killed animals and stuff as a kid. You guys are idiots. Why would you lump me into I, I killed animals? Cain and Abel. That's a fucked up story. Right. What? Yes, it's a religion. So people do live their lives by it. Why aren't you attributing the shit from that? I mean, it's a. F- you know, I mean, people live their lives by it. I mean, they, they, they deliberately live their lives by it. Right. And so how does it say that? Then why wouldn't you be influenced and there's not by just that? Cr- you know, How is that there, an, asinine, a, an asinine statement? Right. And there's other religions that actually do want to fucking wipe out everything but their right. own. Leaving religion out of it. I, it's the sheer sake of someone's freaking sanity. <laughs> You're just nuts, man. To be that pissed. I don't know. Who's wronged you that much? I don't get it. I mean, if you got something out of that, you out of a metal record, and I'm not saying for sure that every single scenario isn't attributed i'm sure there is some kooky bastard that probably is nuts enough that did get but something again out of it. it's because he was nuts enough it wasn't right. like he was a sane guy and then all of a sudden i heard this record fuck time to kill and that trickles right back down to that point that, that was Manson said no one was listening not because he needed to be like oh what was him no one was listening to go this guy's fucking fuck, nuts yeah this guy needs help <laughs> right you know? you know he doesn't need to be persecuted or whatever yet <laughs> one of the things too that it's like paraphrasing jeffrey dahmer he said without god there was nothing to punish us for such actions if i had god i would have never started killing people 
I mean, if you're looking outside the realms of, yeah, we punish as humans, punish one another, but put it in the jail. But if you're pretty much have nothing in your life to live for and just don't give a fuck about being in jail, he's pretty much implying then, well, then what other reason is there not to kill people? If you feel like you want to, if there's no God or anyone that you're going to go on beyond. And it's just like, you know, that's a pretty fucking nuts statement right there. Right. Listening I mean, be like, so you're a fucking hopeless person then. That's right. all you were. If you can if you can look to the invisible man in the sky, then you could look to something much simpler <laughs> to help you cope with shit. Music or just people. I mean, if, you know what I mean? Like Right. If that if that's going to be a dominating aspect which has you know, I'm not going to sit there and attack religion, and, and you know, and I, I certainly didn't want this subject to just be, you know, the attack religion as much as we're anti-religion. I do agree that it helps people. Yeah, there's it helps it, it my mom. Good morals perfect to example. I I have nothing against it as long as you don't be a hypocrite and use it to condemn me because I don't believe you. Because whatever gets you through life, right? And th- that's and all that matters. It hurt or injure other people in the process because that's fucking asinine. You know, honestly, metal has made the situation lighter <laughs> it's made satanism satanism murder and all that hysterical it's it and not in a way of like it has no if value you kill somebody is funny yeah, yeah it's not no, that it made, way it's all. made it to where it's just kind of like it just why would i follow the ways of someone that's in a metal band because this is just some immature kid i mean come on you know quote some lyrics man open up some booklets some of those are freaking foreign 15 year old kids they can hardly even speak english let alone compel me enough to go man that's yes i i am getting on my cloak and i'm gonna go do that it's fucking silly dude it's because you have the filter and you're able to process it but these other kids that have done this stuff or, or even young adults or that have gone out and killed people it's because they don't have the filter it's not the music it's yeah. the fucking fact that they don't know right from wrong and, and it that has nothing to do with god jesus religion allah david any of that stuff not specifically the ones that we mentioned but others that we probably don't even know about did have to do with music and stuff and satanism and all that crap like that one i mean that one dude the the italian band uh infliction or affliction or whatever they yeah. were called that clearly had to do with some sort of Satanism or And that's where I come back again. It's like, it's fucking stupid. That's silly. But another fucking fictional character. And that, but that's yeah. another fucking religion, dude. That's, and that's why I say, I mean, it does its good. It does its bad. Hell, let's stand back out and present the same thing. Then so we, we sit here and preach that music's helped us through thick and thin. Well, and, and religion has obviously done it to others. So, and so, but it obviously has, also attributed to the demise from crazy people that follow that it's religion. The, and that's what my point was. was and music point. does the same goddamn thing. I'm just saying, get your fucking facts straight before you're going to accuse something. You might as well be racist, you know, sexist, any ist. Put it, put it all together. Right. It's all the fucking same thing. And that's all you're being right there. You're being prejudiced, basically. You just don't fucking understand it. You don't understand what someone else goes through and evaluate the case better. And I mean, yes, that's I, that and I understand. I understand, thing. though, that's contrary to what I'm saying that you know if they're going to be in the um, courtroom and how I'm saying that yes it is 
possible that the metal music has something to do with because this guy's full blown nuts present that but a lot of people they just fucking hammer it like that's obviously it dude watch that Paradise Lost that's the Damien Eccles the West Memphis yeah Memphis yeah I've reading. seen that yeah see the father of that one kid that religious dude dude that guy and then not because he's religious but that guy's just far gone so yeah. put down his Bible he's just gone dude I think he's the perpetrator I honestly think and, and you condemn it because they're the outcast that's what it was you're the fucking outcast and, and what happens though Later's year, they get out of jail and they are pronounced non guilty. They they serve their time or whatever it was. I don't know exactly the details. Of the yeah, case. I can't remember. A lot of it's either. bullshit. It's, been, it's yeah, just it's, fucking bullshit, dude. It, it, it's so far fetched. I mean, I think that it's definitely become more and more accepted uh, and overlooked, and, and and not as many fingers being pointed nowadays as opposed to you know seventies on. I mean, it still goes on for sure. Oh, of course. And we it just, does. I mean, we named off a few. Well, so, and, and maybe that's the one like good thing about these shitty quote metal bands that you know do the ah, la, 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 yeah. maybe they're they're bringing their shit into the mainstream enough that people can see the fringe bands and the bands over the edge and be like ah you know what that's that's just metal and a lot of it's sarcasm too i mean we talk about bailoff you know kill the posers and stuff dude that sounds stupid <laughs> what grown man's like kill posers the bottom line of it all really is that what? Death on a much larger scale happens for countless reasons. Few metal related, I'm sure most are not. And, you know, you take away metal and an avenue to release any feelings of, you know, hate or whatever. I bet you would have many deaths oh, attributed, many deaths from what would be metal fans in a world, a fictional world, saying that metal never even existed. You would totally have a lot more people that are like, yeah, if only I had some other avenue. That equates exactly to a fucking mass murder serial killer himself, Jeffrey Dahmer's quote, and paraphrasing it again, if I did not have God, I would have never fucking killed people because I wouldn't have felt helpless. Well, many other people then, if I didn't have fucking music and all that shit, you would have had a lot of other things. So, yes, it instills hope in some people. Maybe even us individuals. I don't know. It's what you relate to. Yes. This has been Hellcast. I am Reaper. I am Eddie. You can get in touch if you want to share any of your thoughts on any of these or future things that you want to suggest or submissions. Hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. H-E-L-L-C-A-S-T <laughs> at hellsheadbangers.com. Eddie Satan with an I-E. Eddie Satan at hellsheadbangers.com. How do you spell that? <laughs> fucking told him but I uh, two D's well, I don't know how to spell the rest of it though <laughs> then I'm gonna fucking kill you man you're pissing me off <laughs> that's right <laughs> alright thanks for listening we'll fuckers. talk to you next time bye go kill fucking posers bye